Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward, coming at you live from Des Moines, Iowa, um, <laughs> where it is currently like 15 degrees out, and I'm deciding whether or not to step outside my buddy Calvin Johansson's house to go for a freezing cold run. Um, weirdly enough, I'm live from Des Moines doing the intro and the outro. And today's guest is from from Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> but we don't talk live in person. Uh, I was in back in Colorado when I recorded that. Um, so, anywho, that was a weird way to start the podcast. Uh, today, we're talking to Ryan Esdor. So, he's a returning guest. Uh, I talked to him on episode number nine of the show. Um, I love talking to Ryan. He's actually... I consider him kind of the Yoda of the podcast. He's so wise, you know. Um, the thing I really like about Ryan, and it, it comes across in the episode, is just how curious he is about a multitude of topics. Um, and that comes across in the episode because we talk about everything from his his business which is superhuman lab to movement mobility to yoga to uh buddhism to baller be uh trying ballet as a as a 30 year old man <laughs> um and then we even talk about what it's like to go to a brazilian jiu-jitsu class so you know he has a he has his toe in so many different areas, um, which is awesome. I think that's how you should go through life. You should be curious. You should try different things. You know, um, you might you don't know how long you're going to be on on the earth and the human experience. There's so many different things to experience. You might as well might as well try a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, so yeah, so I love talking to Ryan. Uh, in fact, I think he was on episode nine of the podcast when we first started out. And I remember that episode being the first one I actually went back and, and listened to. Because, uh, you know, you, you have the whole thing where if, <laughs> if you hear your own voice recorded, it's, uh, it's a strange experience. And so, you know... I don't necessarily go back and listen to all of these, uh, especially, especially like, you know, why would I go back a week later and listen to a conversation I just had a week ago? Um, I am finding it now that I'm a year in, uh, find it kind of fun to go back and listen to the ones that I recorded like a year ago, because, you know, it's, it's amazing how much you forget about a conversation that you had and were very present for um you forget quite a bit of it or at least i do <laughs> um yeah let's get let's just get into the show um ryan like i said if you're ever in des moines you can go check out his studio it's called superhuman lab also since we've last talked he has started his own podcast and it's called inside the lab and uh, it's him and his business partner, Matt. 
and the thing I really like about their podcast and really their business model in general is they do treat it like a lab where they come up with questions, they come up with hypotheses, and then they really test them out or they do research and they're trying to solve the answer. And as a seventh grade science teacher, got to respect that. Um, all right. Yeah, let's get into it. This is the episode with Ryan Esdor from Superhuman Lab. If you enjoyed this episode, I highly suggest checking out episode number nine of this podcast, which is available on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Uh, if you guys like it, leave us a review. Go back, check out the other episodes, subscribe. Uh, we'll be coming at you every week with a new awesome guest. All right, let's get into it. Like a Bigfoot podcast number 71 with Ryan Esdor. All right. Oh, sorry. I got all my ticks out of the way first. Like, adjust my glasses. All right. You got to like get up and dance a little jig. I got to get all the nervous ticks out first. <laughs> what a discipline it is for me to sit here and like blinking's moderate, not clearing my throat is one of the hardest things. It's such a vocal tick that I have. Really? Do you find yeah. that when you do your podcast, are you like trying not to the whole time? Yeah, I try not to, but I do anyways. And even when I do like a YouTube video, I, I definitely can hear it then. Um, cause some of them are co more conversational. Yeah. Like it's, but it's funny too, because my cousins do it, my uncle does it and my kids, but my kids do it cause I think they'd be picking up on my behavior. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Dude, they're like, yeah. you don't have anything in your throat to clear kids. Like, what do you do? It's like, you know what? I got a lot of insecurities and nervousness that clear out my throat. Okay, kids, and you don't get it yet, but someday you will. <laughs> yeah, you'll build those insecurities as we go. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, Oops. man. Are you going to be mad if I leave all that part in? <laughs> I, I, you can leave whatever in. I, I don't. That, 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 I think that's a lot of that's the beauty of podcasting is I don't like what I'm not saying. Like, I understand why people edit them, but it really is cool to have an unfiltered conversation. Yeah. So. No, I could care less. Well, so kind of like it's funny because I had you on episode number nine of the podcast like over a year ago. And, uh, you know, it, it, I just I wanted to let you know you were the, actually the first guest. I actually went back and listened to the episode because I cannot stand to listen to myself talk. And so there's like a rare few that I've actually gone back and listened to. But that one I remember instantly just being pumped and be like man i'll go back and listen to ryan again and i was like i'm gonna fast forward through this chris guy <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's funny as you probably went back to it because you knew i was gonna do a lot of talking and talking over so you thought you have to hear yourself as long <laughs> <laughs> that's always a plus man when you get a guest on and you're just like take the reins go for it but uh but you mentioned like editing and there was a few early on where i edited like I don't like listening to myself talk. And so I'd go back and edit it and kind of be super self-conscious about me saying like or awesome. Or I realized, you know, you realize those vocal things that you do often when you do a podcast. 
Um, well, it's so funny. Like, you don't even pick it up on it. Other people's you don't notice as much unless you make point to notice it. But in yourself, it's it's uh, it, you know it's, it's nauseating. I I really think that if you're not nauseated or or don't get a clench in your belly from hearing yourself like in recording, you either have wicked confidence or are just that big of a narcissist. Because <laughs> most people, the people who are great, really like that I've talked to, who I think are just phenomenal speakers. You know, I'm like, gosh, your speech was so awesome. They're like, that shit was terrible. God, I'm like, what? <laughs> well, do you think, like, do you think that actually is a sign of people, like, accomplished people? Do you think their, like, self-criticalness is, I don't know. Do you think that runs rampant in successful people? I think it goes with stages and stages and ages. I think you hit a point of... Yes, if you're satisfied with your work, that means to me you've probably sanded the, the corners too much or not enough. So I think not being satisfied is really a mental trick that we do to leave ourselves enough room for growth. Even though in our, our sub, our, even our, a part of our minds might go, wow, that was good. People liked it. And you know by feedback and listen to your own progress, you know you're making progress. But I think we give, give ourselves a little glimpse or a little edge of just not quite there yet to trick ourselves and to, and to keep going and keep growing yeah that makes sense I don't know how you feel i mean if i crush a goal and this is wrong i've been habitual for in the past if i crush a goal i quickly fall off like i don't just set now that i get but now that i'm getting older i'm learning but i'm very much like crush and then dive bomb down until i have to recalibrate <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's happened to me, actually. I did the 100 day, like Calvin, our friend Calvin's uh, 100 day challenge. And I did 100 days straight of yoga for 15 minutes every day. And I did not miss a day. Like I made it. I was like, I'm committed. I'm doing this every single day. I was doing it like tense and stuff. Um, and then like two weeks out, it I just I just didn't do it for a couple months. And I was like, man, that's crazy. Like I was doing it to form a habit. But I, I, you're right. Like once you get that feeling of goal accomplishment you know it's it's hard to maintain you know you know it's funny that's actually an obsession of mine is they sit you know i've heard many arguments and there's a book called the power of habit which by the way i have not read but i sounds good <laughs> i don't know why i brought it up because i read it my friends tell me about it <laughs> i was about to give you a, a secondhand version of what i think it's about hey that works but anyways there's another book called the one thing which i really enjoy and they talk about how long does it take to build habit. And there's very, there's always these arbitrary numbers, but it seems like they land somewhere around 66 days. I don't, but in my own experience, I don't think making it to the milestones is the sauce. I think you, it has to, it sounds cliche, but I think there has to be a deeper reason, a deeper why you get into it. Because there's times where I've done things, like you said, for 100 days, but once I hit day 101, I didn't go, you know what, this is a good part of my life, and I'm going to integrate this. I went, pop the champagne, and I'm not doing it for at least a month. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's kind of caused by defining it as a goal versus defining it as I'm forming a habit? Hmm. Does that make sense? Like, if you're, yeah. if that's the end goal, you know, you have the word end in there, but if you have the habit, like... If it's a habit, 
maybe your mindset will be different when you hit day 101. I, to be honest, actually, I'd like to know your thoughts because you're you're you have a different level of discipline than I have. So what what do you think? Um, I don't know because in some senses, like in some athletic senses, like running a race, you know, I I do a big ultra run, and the next day I know I should rest. I know I should rest for like a month. You know, take a take a month off, and but I'm like on such a high from that experience that I want to automatically sign up for the next one. Whereas when I'm talking about the, like the yoga thing, maybe just because that became like routine, like it was 15 minutes every single day. I don't know. I, I guess, yeah, I don't know. It's weird and it probably is just completely dependent on the situation, I guess. Yeah. it's. I think the bigger question is look at the habits we already do have. Yeah that we've already sustained, good or bad, just like be agnostic to the habit and going, why have I kept on doing that? And yeah. sometimes it's, it's we're used to it or we thoroughly enjoy it. I don't, I mean, yeah, I've been thinking about that too, like reviewing some of my bad habits of why do I continue to do this? And you know what? I was actually doing this when I was in the sauna today after a workout. By the way, can you hear that air that just hit on? No, no, you're good. Okay, I was going to have to yell up at the, the missus to turn it off. But if you hear it, let me know. Um, but I was in the sauna and I was like, the, that's where I like to really challenge myself. And I thought of some habits that I don't think, not only did that serve me, I don't think they're healthy habits or good habits that I continue to do, but like, why am I doing this? And I thought about, I think there's part of us that about yourself, you're, we're so familiar with this idea of our identity that if you change that, you kind of don't either, you're going to miss it in some ways. And so, even though it sounds crazy, like there's parts about things that like I would miss. Yeah. But I had to realize that those things aren't me. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can get a psychological tirade of what is me or who am I. But I think it's good to to have a little mental crisis to break down, going like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I've just been habitually doing things, and I don't even know if I know why at this point. Yeah. And going, why does this define me? And who I am, like, I'm not my habits or my Instagram or anything. Like, huh, let me think about that. Yeah. And then I go back to, like, I, go back to, I don't have to do shit. Like, I don't have to do anything. You know what I mean? I, I get to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah, well, I this is what I like about you, man. And this is what I want to get into today. You're very self-reflective. Like, you, you take the time out of your day to actually think about these deep questions. Because most people go day by day, including myself at times, We'll go day by day just riding on that momentum, you know, and then you just wind up somewhere and you're like, how did I wind up here? You know, like, you know, if you're like you said, bad habits, uh, like two years down the road after eating a bag of Doritos every day, you're like, why the hell did I, (laughs) how did I gain 50 pounds? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm, I'm intrigued by, you know, we have, I like to look into and dibble dabble around uh, like a lot of Buddhist stuff. I, for some reason, I've been fascinated with it over the last 10, 11 years. And they talk about the, the that narrative mind, you know, like what is that narrative mind? If you want to call it the monkey mind or, you know, people like to, what is that narrative that that's us talking to ourselves? And recently I've been intrigued about the idea of sometimes instead of trying to make that narrative mind, which is who, how we're identifying ourselves as be better 
be more be more powerful, be stronger, be how about we got to tell it to like, nope, shh, not listening. Like sometimes like I was working out today and I was doing these like step ups that with a heavy sandbag and I was like, nope, we're gonna we're gonna do five solid, five solid, and then yeah, we can do ten, but like let's we don't have to keep the pace. And I just go shush. <laughs> and I just looked and I just went. Like and you know that from running, like there's a point where you just have to like just move also. And not over because I think then you can overanalyze and over reflect and then you're just not moving. So some days, honestly, I have to I can go into some reflections at, at points in time, but because it's a, a strong foothold for me, I have to make sure I don't get stuck in it and go. Sometimes I gotta tell it just to shut up and, and, and move today. Yeah. Well that's interesting because I'm thinking about my own workouts now. And there's a route I run from my house every day, and I always get to the same exact spot. And that's where I decide to turn around. And I like that idea of just shush. Because, you know, like as I'm approaching it in my mind, I'm like, that's the spot. That's the spot where you can turn around. But I like the idea of like just going off how you feel. Maybe you don't make it to that spot that day. Or maybe you decide you can run even further. And just based off of how you feel and based off of telling that voice shush. Because I'm the same way where it's like, all right, I'm going to do 10 reps of this, you know, and. If I don't get to 10, I get mad. And if I get to 10 and I feel good, I'll still just stop. So, yeah, man, that's a great idea. When, like, do you, for a lot of this stuff, are you doing research? Or are you just kind of based off of how it's worked out in your life, uh, just kind of figuring that stuff out? I'm, I'm a little researched. I say I'm researched out because I, lo- I actually love doing research a lot. Yeah. But again, I think I think again because I love it. I have to be careful with anything that I thoroughly enjoy. I have to kind of be aware of because I can love it so much that I get stuck in it. And you can research and just ponder things, but again, actions to me, actions mean most because at the end of the day, I'm going somewhere in the dirt, and, I, and things are going to be measured based on my actions, not based on my private thoughts. You know, even though the thoughts lead to action, I gotta make sure I, I, I'm staying somewhat in action. Um, I don't remember the question you said, though. I'm not <laughs> oh, even do sure, man. I <laughs> oh, do a lot of research. You know, I, I have like I have quite a bit. You know, I when I was in my early twenties, I obsessed on into going like yoga retreats. Mm. Uh, I joke about it now, but it actually was fairly powerful. Uh, I've read a lot. I'm really into like when I was in Atlanta, I used to go to the Buddhist Center. Or and these are actually parts I don't talk about very often for some reason. I uh, read a lot about Buddha. Like one of my favorite books is *The Joy of Living* by uh, I think it's Younger Mingyur uh, Rinpoche. And Rinpoche is like uh, like basically having your doctorate in Buddhism. All right, so you were you were mentioning um, some things you have done, and it's been like kind of self exploration. I I would imagine. Um, can you kind of like go into further detail, I guess, just a bit? Like, what did you discover about yourself? Because it is probably times where you're like very self-reflective in those moments. Very sure about myself. Uh, I think initially in doing it, it's always, you know, I, I, it's kind of funny because doing, again, I, I mean, comparatively, I'm in an infancy stage in, stage of doing personal exam work, but as I get older, I'm also in a stage of realizing that I need to, and sometimes I need to get breaks from those, you know, from, from the books or from uh, the events or whatever it might be. Sometimes I go, I need a break from this. 
to uh, to actually do the work, <laughs> live a life. Yeah, and that so that's kind of what, I've been, what I've been into now is just really focusing on my work and things like that that I can actually show – like I can actually do the work. I can actually do it and yeah. not just ponder it. Because, again, I think it's very easy and you'll see it. You'll see self-help junkies and – it's really easy, man, to want to go to another seminar. To like, I know everybody wants to do ayahuasca right now, and like, everything's hot, and those things are good, and it can be very powerful experiences. But you can also get stuck in them, so it's a slippery slope that I think people gotta watch out for a little bit. Yeah, well, I, I think our, my buddy Travis kind of put it because uh, he's you know he's been a guy who just researches things his whole life, and he just loves to learn, you know, just about all sorts of things. But he said he had to slow down and he uses a new formula and that's learn plus implement is greater than just learn plus learn plus learn plus learn plus learn. And I think especially with like the self-help help books, you need that time to just really digest what you read, you know? Like have you yeah. ever have you ever binge watched a show? Hell yeah. <laughs> that's like asking if anybody <laughs> now like, do you wear shoes? <laughs> yeah, I heard first. Um, well, so I realized like I've binge watched a few shows where by the time I get to season four, I'm like, I don't even care about the show anymore. Like I haven't let myself take in time to like really absorb the entertainment, I guess. And then you just become numb to it. And I think that can also happen with kind of self-help books and with, um, you know, the constant trying to improve yourself and learning like the new thing, the new like amazing thing that's going to make you feel better. What's well, mostly like at what point do you realize that you have to integrate this work? But right? it's not enough just to diet, just to digest it. You have to get some nutritional value from what you're digesting, right? Uh, a mentor told me I was talking about taking a course, and he said, "Ryan, just think about this." He goes, "If you t he goes every six, he goes, if you take a course, limit it to every six months, so you have time to integrate it." And you have time to look back and go, what is the actual, like, not what is what is the actual philosophy behind what this is about, like, you know, you know, what I'm saying, like, try to think of it differently and, and and put that time to integrate it. And I thought that's really cool. Or, or also, you're you're because you're basically putting it up against everything that you particularly know, which is actually what makes you unique as a human. If you and I learn the same thing, it will be reproduced differently. Because of all the accumulation of life experience that I've had is so different than yours. And that is what makes however we execute what it is that we've learned different and valuable too. Is that because it's, it's coming into our tank. But if you try to just replicate it, and like for instance when I was doing yoga teacher training, it was very easy to want to pick up the mannerisms or the voice of somebody you really admired. Right? Because you're, you're trying to do a good job, honestly. But eventually – you got to realize what makes you tolerable in a, in a class. But what also makes people leave feeling impact is the fact that you've taken some ideas and tools and you've implemented them and now it's actually you doing it. I think that's huge. Definitely, man. And that kind of leads into something else I wanted to talk about with you. You've uh, started Superhuman Lab in Des Moines and you started it with another another guy. Um, mm -hmm. And 
So now that you're working so closely with another person day after day, and I'm sure you guys, because I've listened to your podcast, which is fantastic, by the way. It's called Inside the Lab. I'll like put in the show notes and stuff. But like, you guys have different, totally different personalities. Like, how do you, how do you maintain, like, use your own self reflection in like kind of co opting and working together? Well, first you don't. First, it's all about protection and ego and i mean it like this like uh you know i have i have two kids and before i we were business partners i was doing i was doing the business it's not like we both were started out we've already we both own businesses yeah and so when we thought it, that we could do something really powerful teaming up every anytime you hit a friction point even though what's you have to realize what's actually being said sometimes you your ego can trick you all i hear is Whatever you're saying right now is a threat to my success, and I can't have that threat. And so you you get really not combative, but yeah, you can get combative or you can get really shut down. However, is that you respond, and communication starts to suck a little bit. I mean, first six first three months was like dating. It was killer. Like I'm like, this is awesome. You know, I come home and tell how like awesome Matt was, and and I'm sure he did the same thing. I think our girls for sure hated it. And then you hit like a little, you know disagreement on something so smaller or maybe somebody let you down in some way it's so it's all miscommunications yeah but they add up and add up and you the nice thing is we've been able to sit down and go hey let's go uh let's go for a drive let's go get some beer and wings and let's bullshit let's go smoke some hookah at the hookah lounge and let's just bullshit bullshit like no business and then you realize that how you what the real problem is isn't what the person was doing was how you were ingesting it. And so through having a partner, I've also been a lot more reflective. Like I'll make mistakes. Even this week I've made mistakes. Um, But I have to realize like, hang on, it doesn't matter what I'm saying. How am I being interpreted right now? And thinking about that. And actually one of we were talking about uh, before the podcast or maybe during about listening. And I have on my iPhone, the, my, my goals for December, Number one is to pursue mastery and listening to really think like, what are people actually saying? So that way I know, I truly know what they mean. And also I truly know what I mean when I'm speaking. And that's, that's, I think that is such a underrated skill. Yeah. Well, it's just being conscious, you know, being conscious and being aware of what you're saying, because I mean, I'm sure you've been in the same way where you can have a whole conversation and then leave the conversation and then two minutes later be like, what the hell was I, what did I even say? Like, I don't remember. I was just on, you know, manual or I was just on like whatever cruise control at that point. Yeah. Well, you're married too. So you probably, I mean, you get it. I mean, how many times I have to apologize to my wife and going, I mean, even before we start the podcast, I'm like, you know what? I can't find earbuds and I feel like I had to have them for the mic. And so I'm really kind of like, shoot, where are they? Couldn't find them. And now I'm passively aggressively throwing shit around my room. And she, I know she can hear it, but the moment I'm just, I'm, I'm justifying my head. I'm just, nope, I'm, uh, I'm trying to find it. And this place is a mess. So if I have to find it, I'm going to have to throw a few things around for a minute. <laughs> no, bullshit. A, I should have looked at them, looked for them two hours ago. <laughs> B, I knew I knew what message I was sending by doing it, which is this house isn't clean, and by it not being clean, I can't find my earbuds. <laughs> so, 
and I, you know it's funny now that I know I did that like yes I will make it right you know I'll I'll probably you know straight up just apologize or yeah. make like some kind of joke you know you soften it up a little bit yeah but uh yeah I, I when I found that out about myself I used to really beat myself up realizing like what kind of an asshole does that well this asshole does sometimes <laughs> but sometimes I do other nice stuff too <laughs> so I can't. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can't man. All day. <laughs> well, that makes sense. So when you started working with Matt, and yeah. you know, you're coming at it from two different perspectives. Did you guys sit down and create like a mission, or these are our like found? This is our foundation. This is our beliefs that we have agreed upon. Like, did you take time to communicate in that way? No, we were so novice. We literally jumped into. This is going to be so killer if we work together. We're going to be working on all these athletes and, and like, we're just going to kill it. And we put some of that very important. And now I realize how important it is. And we're, we're kind of backtracking now in ways and going through it. But no, we didn't. And I think that was something I would have gone back and, and done is going, what are our values and what are our non negotiable agree upons? That's like, what's, what's, what's non negotiable to you? or very important to you that I needed to know about you. Yeah. Because the hard way of learning those things is the hard way. You don't know what people's non-negotiables are. You don't know what's extremely important to them. And therefore, you don't realize if you're walking in their house with muddy shoes on, you're just oblivious to it. Yeah. So yeah, going back and doing that, we're kind of, again, like that's, that's what we're doing right now, which is part of our podcast, really. <laughs> that's what I love about it, man. And that's the reason why I brought it up, because I know you guys mentioned taking personality tests and how important that's been in understanding yourselves, but also understanding the other person. Huge. I would, if you're, if you're going to do business with somebody, I'm sure you're fine with that, but I would highly recommend doing a, what they call it disc analysis, D I S C. Don't ask me what it's for. Uh, but it was really helpful because the biggest thing I realized isn't when you find out how you're, it kind of shows you how you're being perceived or some of your strengths, your weaknesses. When you're stressed, what is your adaptive behavior? So in a stress state, what do you, what are your tendencies that you kind of don't know about? Like what's your, what's your default to your training in those stress points? When you know that about yourself, now you know, oh, this is how I'm being heard. But also it gives you some compassion for the other person going, you know what? Nobody's trying to sabotage your success. Nobody's trying to, to put breaks and constraints on you. Uh, we all want the same thing. We yeah. want to be successful and we want to be happy. And to be honest, we all want to, we want freedom. Like we want to do it in a way that we don't feel restricted. And so I have to think about that sometimes like, okay, Ryan, right now you may not feel restricted and you might feel like things are going successful, but you don't know that for the other person. So you need to stop for a second mentally and going, does he feel like he has freedom in this? Does he feel like is he happy? Is there success for him there? And if there's not, like that's the other thing in partnership. We the, what really broke some ice for me and him is I we I was talking to him and I said the only way this works is that I have to be your biggest fan and want you to be extremely successful. That's the only way it works. And if I don't want that for you, or if, or if I don't make that my mission in some way, uh, then I think you're gonna have a failure. Yeah. Do you find that every single day you're you actually are consciously building that relationship still? 100%. Yeah. You know, some days more than others, but I would definitely say I try to make mental points into 
Yes, and to, to make in as much headway so we can, because ultimately, like my goal, I want to move. I want to move fast. <laughs> I want things done, and I like like getting after it and have you know. I want to have the fun and the, all this stuff, and and I'm a very last minute planner person, and so I have to realize, okay, if that's a win for me. How can I create a win for for Matt in this situation to make this yin and yang thing work? But every day I think about. You know, uh, Jocko Willing said something I thought was pretty profound that that was interesting. He says, uh, negotiation is manipulation. You're trying to get somebody to do what you want them to do. That's manipulating them. Yeah. But there's a difference. I'm doing it. In the, if you, when you're doing the concept of this is a win-win, then you got something special there. You know, like there's a thing of example – there was maybe a time, I think Matt was teaching a class or something, and I had some pointers because I wanted him to do really well. Yeah. I had to manipulate my words and how I said it for it to be constructive for him. So he, that way he could get, he could download it quickly, use it or ditch it and move on and move on quickly. Like that was, that, that's the goal. I had to manipulate my words to make sure what I said was going to be heard correctly. And I think that when taken in the right context, I think it's a super powerful message. Yeah. Yeah, man. Do you have you read uh, Extreme Ownership? And um, well, I can't remember Jocko's new book. I haven't read it yet, but I'm driving back to Iowa next week, so I'm uh, uh, definitely gonna download it. It's on our uh, it's on our coffee table at Superhuman Lab for just casual read. It's a uh, Discipline Equals Freedom Field Manual. Yes. Okay. It's, and my son has Way of the Warrior Kid, which is his kids' book. Yeah. I just, I'm just imagining Jocko Willink, who, if you don't know who he is, he's like an ex Navy SEAL, but like this giant guy. Like he's, I, wa- I was watching his TED talk, and my daughter was yeah. in the room, and she goes, because he's like an intense dude, and she's like, that guy's not nice. And I'm like, no. And I was trying to explain, like, just because the tone of his voice is like serious, like to the point and intense like doesn't mean he's not nice that doesn't mean that at all it just means he's that's the way he is but uh but yeah man his stuff's so good like when you're talking about the relationship stuff extreme ownership once you start taking those concepts and being conscious about them and taking that in and internalizing them i think that helps the relationship because you're with anybody because you're just like hey the way things are going I'm responsible for for this, you know, like if something's headed south, if relationships heading south or like I offended somebody or something didn't go right, like what did I do in that circumstance that caused that to happen? And it's really taking taking the ownership in it, you know? Absolutely. I think we forget that we're responsible for everything that we say, how we interpret what is said, especially, especially, especially how you respond yeah. to what is done or said. I think that is the, the real key. Um, speaking of, since we're, I'm, a, I'm a big book guy too, uh, Obstacles, The Way. Have you read it? I have read it. Yeah, fantastic book. Uh, Ryan Holiday, right? Yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, the whole point is all of the people we, we truly respect, whether they're great generals, uh, entrepreneurs, business people, presidents, the ones that have really made impact in our, in, in, you know, the world, one of the bigger factors is 
when they've had obstacles, how they responded to the obstacle, basically making an obstacle into an opportunity, that that was how we make believe that they're, they're so successful. Yeah. You know, I think that's I think that's huge. Yeah, yeah, like the way you're, and I try to teach my seventh graders that, which is hilarious, because they're like, "No, I like I don't want things to be hard." I'm like, "Yeah, but things being hard is what helps you accomplish greater things." You know, like if if you were on a in the ocean and there were absolutely no waves, like you're not gonna go anywhere, man. <laughs> well, and speaking of like manipulation, I, I mean, we we just talked about that earlier. We do that with our thoughts all the time. When something's really hard, and I hear myself going. This is kind of like, this sucks. Like, I don't want to do this. I have to like turn on this faux voice. that's like, let's fucking go. Hey, yeah. like it's time to harden up. Like, do you want to like, do you want to be a bad motherfucker or do you not? Cause there's a, this is a, this is the fork in the road, dude. Like I, I have, I'm like, that's the you know, Jocko like, voice, man. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> I just downloaded it into my brain. No, but, but it's, it's good to have that though. It's good to have that voice at in those moments you know yeah um yeah there's a couple things you've mentioned on the podcast and i've written them down uh just periodically and one of the ideas like to get more into like technical stuff i guess uh you talked like super early on about uh caffeinating the tissues and i think that really connected with me because i think last time i talked to you i was kind of complaining about the fact that I have to work out at four in the morning and it's super dry out here means I'm like really dehydrated as soon as I wake up. And you brought this idea. Do you remember the idea of caffeinating the tissues? Yeah, it's, it's, it has, it's kind of shifted because I've heard another – caffeinating your tissues is ways of basically waking your body up, like slapping. We call it in, a, in massage, you call it topotment. It's slapping and hitting. Uh, there's I heard something recent. I wouldn't quote this as fact about it having some kind of – hydraulic hydration effect on the tissues which i think is interesting but for me at the very i mean we're a big sensory organ right if you if you can feel it so i think about how much can i engage this tissue that that's basically has not had stimulation all night long and so basically my word caffeinating is like stimulation how can i stimulate start hitting start rubbing start going start moving so <laughs> in the morning a lot of times i wake up i'll start breathing do some breathing powder stuff I might start slapping around a little bit and I start moving, you know, just getting and by moving. I like to go through the joints. Um, Dr. Andrea Spina has a good thing called CARS. Uh, it's an abbreviation C-A-R-S for controlled articular rotations uh, or car, CARS is plural, I guess. Uh, going through each joint and just moving it to its full range, right? Before you decide to hold it in a long stretch Yeah. or, you know, uh, jumping with it just move through each joint. So that's kind of how I think of caffeinating the tissues. Yeah, man. And then I think you guys mentioned something about, uh, you know, becoming hydrated and it made a lot of sense to me. And I was like, wow, I've never even thought about it that way. But basically, cause in the morning I'll wake up and chug like five glasses of water. It's ridiculous. Um, but then you mentioned like, you gotta be moving for water to even get into that, t- in those tissues at that point. And, it, it like it's something that seems really obvious, but I didn't even think about. You like you think about hydration, you're like, I'm just gonna chug this water really quick, and then, you know, if you do that though, but you're still not actually moving around, like, are you are you kind of doing a disservice to yourself? 
Well, like our tissues are like our, 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 when you look at live tissues in our body, our heart, stomach, uh, blood, they're very much pumping uh, organ, organs, right? They're, 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 they, they pump. And lymphatic system especially, pumping is, move, is done through movement. So I just look at fluid in your body, like how is that getting transported? Yes, luckily your heart <laughs> helps out and transporting some of the blood, but you got to be able to move it. And another, uh, more what I call curious kid questions, meaning I'm not saying this is fact, but I think it's an interesting point that I've heard brought up is what, like, if you're hydrated enough that your urine is hydrated, how can you, my question would be, how can you guarantee me that all of your tissues are reaching that full level of hydration? How do I know that each muscle tissue is, are they all equally hydrated? Can some be locally dehydrated due to maybe an injury in the connective tissue having restrictions around it? Um, I don't know, but I know that when I put my hands on people, especially depending on the level of trauma, um, you can definitely tell a difference within the tissues of, I'm saying difference, not hydration, but there's a difference. And I think it's more of a curious question that we got to think about, like, you know, get the hydraulic systems going, yeah. <laughs> get moving. Yeah, man. Default. Well- that's what I like also about you guys. Like once again, your podcast is called Inside the Lab, and it's like you are inside the lab. Like you guys bring things to the table that, um, just like you said, curious questions. I like how you said that, like a kid's question, you know. And I, as a science teacher, man, I'm asked questions every single day that I don't know the answers to, and I'm like, that's a good question. Why did I not even think about that? Like even today, I remember there was a question about like capillaries and blood stuff and i was like i never even thought about that guys like i have no idea we should look that up and you know at times you guys in the podcast do the same exact thing and i think that's super important uh it's really entertaining for a show but it's also really important just for improvement Um, yeah well our goal is not to come off as experts you know i think that's where where we notice a lot what can happen especially with social media it's easy to feel like you have to be an influencer and be an expert. And our goal is not to be experts. Our goal is to, when, when, me, when, the camp, when the mics are off, we have these conversations of what if do you think? And that push, and they're not always the right answers that we can give, but it pushes us to better information. So our podcast is our way of showing people this is just how we converse inside so we can try to find better answers. And, and truthfully, our goal is if somebody ever corrects us, that's kind of our goal yeah. is to have people who are smarter than us to come say, hey, I know you had this idea, but here's maybe some – here's something you better you, – you might want to look at deeper into. Then I win. Like my whole career has been siphoning information off people who are smarter than me. Yeah. So, our, so to say I'm an expert is not our goal. My goal is to do a kick-ass job at what I do, be passionate about it be pushing uh, pushing the, the ceiling with it as much as I can. But then, again, to, to be around the people and to learn. And I think people forget to position yourself around the best learning, best people. Come in with some humbleness. You know, come in saying, I don't know the answers. Uh, can you help me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Dude, that's such a good approach. And, like, I try to pro- be a proponent for being a lifelong learner. And that's part of it. You, you, you aren't an expert if you're a lifelong learner. Like you, you will never be. I think probably some people who define themselves or 
who are defined as experts probably wouldn't define themselves as such. You know what I mean? Like even someone at the top of some field, I feel like their ego might want to define them as experts, but you know, they're always constantly learning and growing. Um, otherwise you become stagnant and people pass you by. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. But, uh, so a couple of things that I'm definitely not an expert about and, uh, I'm super curious is first of all, ballet. <laughs> yes. Can you tell me about it, man? You started doing ballet. Yes. Yeah, so I got, in, I got intrigued by this idea of, they call it, it's actually me and Matt were talking about it in the lab. And I was, I was basically kind of in my mind challenging the idea. People call it, you know, owning, can, do, you, do you own the position? Meaning, can you get into it and hold it in strength? Not, so you're actively moving into it, not passively. And some of the ideas that were out there, I just thought, I don't think it's this cut and dry. It seemed like you had to jump on one side of the team or other. Either you're an active or passive stretcher. And I thought it was neither. And I thought, if I want to learn something, why don't I go to somebody who's already acquired the skill that I want to learn, which is strength or control at an end range of motion? Because for yoga, I can maybe I can grab my my big toe and lift it up high, but if I let go, does it stay there? Oh, okay. And so that's that's where I had a, a client who was a she's a been ballet instructor for years and and that's that's her you know her passion. And so I said, hey, can you help me with this? Which took me a long time to ask because I didn't want to come off. You know, when you work on people, I'm a big jokester, obviously. Uh, I like to cut up. But when you work on people, you really got to trust is the most. It's why my job works. So I didn't think, is this going to be weird and creepy to ask, can you teach me ballet? Like a dude coming up at 32 asking for lessons. Yeah. So I waited for a while. And then I thought, you know what? We had pretty good rapport. So I hit her up and said, hey, I need you to teach me. So we've been uh, – but every week we come in and uh, work on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually better. Like I'm surprised. I'm I have the aha moments. That's really cool. So it's kind of the you're you're stretching to an end point and then seeing if you can just maintain that. Is that kind of like the main skill in ballet that you're chasing? That's what I'm going for. Yeah. I mean, that's like if I had a goal. Yeah, I want to I want to take my flexibility and be able to have control or some level of strength there. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Dude, yesterday I was uh at my gym, so we we have this big like sports complex and we we have the family pass cuz it's right by our house, you know. I would love to be a member of like a CrossFit gym or something, but you know, you get the family pass at these big sports complexes, you know what I mean? So I get it. <laughs> so we're I'm at this and they have one squat rack, so you know, I always like run in there at like early in the morning or after school when no one else is there so I can get the squat rack. Long story to just tell you this. The squat rack is overlooking an ice skating rink. And so, you know, there's hockey games and figure skating stuff. Yesterday, as I was squatting, I saw the – it's in my, my like, top three most athletic things I've ever seen in my life. And it was just these people practicing figure skating. And this girl is spinning around in circles – and she like, oh man, what's that? What's the yoga pose where you like have your leg kicked behind you and then you like bring your dancer. arm up? Yeah, dancer pose. So yeah. she's doing dancer pose with her leg behind her kicked back as she's spinning, first of all, which is amazing. And then she kicks her leg like all the way behind her head and her leg is like completely straight 
behind her head while she's spinning in circles. And I was just like floored for a second because I'm like, I don't think my body will ever be able to move in that way. Well, that's the beauty of plasticity is you, the potential, like that's what to realize there's a genetic advantage to things. And then there's just at progressions, meaning, yes, there's a point of diminishing, of, of no return, meaning, as long as you're alive, your body, your body is fairly plastic. It can, it can mold and reshape. But to what degree? Well, always to a degree more than what you started with. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I remind myself is I don't – I may not have full split over my head, but I'm definitely going to have more end range hopefully at 40 than an average 40-year-old man. Yeah. Do you notice yourself improving – you know, throughout the years. Cause I, I just, I'm thinking about myself and when I was in high school football, I couldn't even touch my toes, which kind of blows my mind being an athlete and not being able to touch your toes. But do you notice yourself over the years, like getting more flexible? Yeah, but now I'm actually teetering off the flexibility because after doing so much yoga, I've so I've had a, my right hip, even as a young kid, I like, I, I, just, I remember being in the shower one day and be like, that's weird. My hip can do this. It was basically, it was basically a point of instability in my hip, and I just have never cared for it. Well, if you continue to stretch that hip, you're starting to wear away at the integrity of the inert, so the non-muscular tissue in there. And so, after, so that's another reason why I'm actually starting to switch up how I do my flexibility training is because I don't want to wear that that away. I, I, that that joint right now in my mind needs some strength. So actually, I'm trying to where I think I've overdosed on flexibility. I'm now trying to find activities to to turn on my athleticism and actual strength. So today, you know, I did like actual jumping, like uh, jump onto a box, two leg jump, one leg land, uh, squats that were split squats, and then just some RDLs, uh, Romanian deadlifts, just to kind of reawaken that. Because um, I feel like the older I get too. That's actually what start I'm starting to feel is going is my strength. I need to keep that going. Yeah. Do you? How do you strengthen? Or maybe not even strengthen is the best word. But how do you maintain joint health? Move, uh, move through the range as fully as you can. Okay. Often as you can. Okay. Um, and I think also don't abuse it. If you so let me let me give an example. If you cross your ankle over your knee right if you then there's amount of like force you can constantly apply to it that can be good so it's you're basically adding weight to the, the stretch there's a point of over and over again that you can almost take it's like taking a rubber band and constantly pulling it and pulling it and pulling it and it never goes back to its original state so how do i sum this up i it's really the dichotomy of you have to do both don't just do flexibility. If you're doing just flexibility, don't think you can't have joint problems from just stretching. Like yoga's great, but if you just do yoga, I know people with yoga injuries, and I don't mean like, oh, I have a tweaked knee. No, no, they're gonna have a long-term hip issue because they've worn away at that tissue so much. Okay. You know, they 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 took the cardboard and and went back and forth with it so much that it doesn't work. As it, it it can't recreate that stiffness that's necessary to do other things. Yeah. So we need, we, we, we need amounts, amounts of stiffness. 
the amount of stiffness that's appropriate really begs to ask, what is it that you want to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. And for me, I want to be able to carry stuff for long ways. I want to be able to, and I want to be able to run. And so, okay, I need a little strength, some durability. I need some, some gristle up in those hips. Yeah. And so right now I'm actually starting to rebuild some of the gristle toughness in those hips. Gotcha. Well, have you, so speaking of books, have you ever read natural born heroes? You know, I had it on my phone. I've got like three pages in and I haven't, haven't read it since. Okay. It's really good. Um, it's, it's by the guy who wrote born to run. It's kind of like the, Great book. it's not like a sequel, I guess, but it explores all sorts of different things. But basically at one point he kind of goes through the motions that you need to be able to do as a human. And it's like run, throw something, pick something off the ground, crawl, swim, <laughs> and then something else. I can't, there was one other one, but yeah, but uh, I've been thinking about that quite a bit. Cause as I was reading the book, I'm like, where am I weak? You know, I started thinking about like, what areas am I really weak at? And that's probably an area I should focus on. So, um, so yeah, anyways, you should check that book out though. It's, it's pretty oh, excellent. Wow. Um, so the to, other- tag, tag, to tag on that, I think if you can, two things that people should start with, humans are bipedal. If you can, you need to be able to run away from something or run towards something and you're going to need to be able to lift something over your head. Yeah. Whatever ranges of motion or skills you need to acquire to do those two things, I would think heavily about that if you need somewhere to start. Yeah. Oh, I remember the other one. I think the other one's like, pull up like do a pull up basically or like you know yeah. climb i think it's climb i'm pretty sure um but yeah man that makes sense uh i it's kind of cool so like it's just about being a kind of an all-around athlete and not really just being necessarily just completely tuned in on just one thing i guess i think that's mm-hmm. huge especially for for guys like me and you like we're not trying to be professional athletes at anything, you know what right. I mean? So we can try to focus on kind of just all around athleticism versus really nail down like one particular skill. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, yes, I went to ballet last week, and then but the next day I did jiu-jitsu. Yeah. You know, and then the next day I lifted, I, I did some like deadlifts. So yeah, diversity is you... If you don't have a, a physical goal, creating some diversity so that way when you do decide to do something, you ha- you don't have such a beginning point is <laughs> a good idea. Yeah, yeah, man. Can you tell me, so uh, and that's kind of like the last thing I wanted to ask you about, the jujitsu thing. I've always wanted to go to a jujitsu class and yet I just i guess i just don't know what to expect and you know walking into somewhere where you don't know anybody is a bit intimidating and yeah so like what what's a jujitsu class like (laughs) the most basic question of all time (laughs) uh well i think the first thing is going in i can see how it would be intimidating because it's i mean you're it's basically like wrestling it's hand-to-hand wrestling you're wrestling people like right you're you're grappling you're grappling and you're going to somebody tap sometimes. Yeah. But the best thing is it's the it's quite opposite. It, to me, it breeds some of the best people. I, I love jujitsu actually more because I like the people. Because there's a lot of humility and, and, and power in knowing one, wow, I'm confident that if, if something happened, there's a level of confidence that I have with this to where I can take care of myself and I'm confident from that. On the flip side, when you get choked, 
there's also a point going, wow, that's possible. Like, I didn't expect it from that guy. And so it, both ways force you to be a nice person. So the first thing is going in, know that most people, majority of them will be very nice. But also some of them are, are just, don't mistake quietness for for them being a, a jerk. Because some of them, like Jared, the guy who teaches me, he's just a quiet spoken guy. He's just quiet, more quiet than, than until you get to know him. But no, everybody's honestly super cool. So yeah. that wouldn't be a, the, my only thing is just when you start off, uh, pull your power, pull everything back about 50%, learn the skill and tap often. Yeah. What's a, what's a class like? Like what's the format of a class? So it kind of varies. So you have what they, you have a warm up, and warm up is either what they call an old man warm up, which is you're in a circle, you rock back and forth doing different things as you come up. Uh, you might rock back, shoot your legs in the air, rock forward, uh, come up into like a seated position. Rock, you know, so you rock back, rock forward. Other ways you do uh, line drills. So you'll go to, you'll create lines and just do what we call shrimping out. So you'll go to a side and just do like little, little drills all the way down to an end. Repeat a new drill, some somersaults, whatever it might be, all the way down a few times through. And then they'll go through a technique portion. So you, you'll learn the daily technique, and it's always usually pretty well structured. And then at the end, uh, for like the last 15 minutes, you uh, we roll. Okay. And that's like you partner up with somebody. And do you try to pick someone? I mean, it would be nice to pick someone actually like above your level, but not so above your level that you can't do anything no not really not anymore i mean when you first start off i think and this is a good school a good school is they're gonna do you right like usually if somebody's brand new first off they don't roll until they get what they call first stripe so and that's not every school that's just how we do it ours you just in that rolling time you just drill until you the first stripe is like let's say 30 classes okay yeah but let's say you do roll, that instructor in the higher belts are going to take good care of you. And they'll probably actually put you with very good people because they, they don't want you to get hurt and they want you to have a good experience. So they actually, they might put you with a blue belt or a purple belt when you start off or some people who've been there a little bit longer. So that way they, they, they know how to handle you because what you can get from a white belt, and I've been there and I'm sure I'm still there, is you can get a lot of like in these situations where somebody has better technique, what's your default? Well, your default is to, to move harder, faster, to rely on athleticism, yeah. uh, strength. And so a higher belt is going to know how to kind of rodeo that in a little bit and, and you'll have a safe, good time versus if you were even just with a white belt, well, you could, you, that's, that's actually a tough situation because let's say you're really athletic, but they have just enough skill. That's sometimes the, the equation of how people end up busting up their knees. Gotcha. That's, yeah yeah man. so i would say give a higher belt you know they're just looking out for you <laughs> yeah man that's cool man i've always wanted to get involved in that because i mean everything we've been talking about that sport seems like it almost involves everything it involves cardio it involves strength flexibility mobility like all of that is just kind of thrown into one thing and it seems really really cool and i think the biggest thing is like true confidence in the in the best way like what it does for my personality is is probably the biggest thing honestly yeah yeah uh, humility yeah man total uh, yeah exactly well anytime you're doing something new too like that just brings humility 
because all of a sudden, like you could be the most badass like uh, basketball player of all time, and then you decide that you're going to go jump in the swimming pool and go for a swim, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm back to square one, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. Last thing I wanted to ask about this is a question from my lovely wife Lindsay, and hey, and yes. I have like. So she asked me this tonight. Uh, long story short, she went to this yoga class tonight, right? Okay. And it was called Budai Yoga. And it was B-U-D-I. Do you know what this is? Uh, it's kind of like the martial art yoga, right? Or no? I, I don't know. The way she described it, I'm like, are they just doing a play on words? Like, is it booty yoga? Is it just booty? <laughs> oh, is it? She said it was like this weird tri- – Maybe I'm thinking of like Budokan or something. I've heard some yoga that's like – I think it's like Budokan or something where it's like a mix of like martial artish – martial artist, some martial art feel to it. But if it's booty yoga, it might be straight up. <laughs> it might be disguising. <laughs> well, okay. So let me just describe it really quick see what you think because it might uh, – yeah. I don't know. It was supposed to be like a tribal dancing yoga. But she's like yeah, okay. we just like – we just grinded <laughs> and like, <laughs> and there was like gangster rap music and stuff. And I was like, what, what did you just experience? <laughs> what were the dudes like in the class? She said there was one dude and he, she, I, cause I was like, man, I almost feel bad for that dude because I would have really? just signed. Well, I would have just signed up for that yoga, not knowing, you know what I mean? I would have just been like, Oh, this is probably like a normal yoga class. And I would have showed up and I would have been the only dude. And all of a sudden I would have been like very uncomfortable very quickly. I need to know that dude before I pass in judgment. I didn't know no, what he was up to, what he was doing <laughs> and what he knew about that class. And how many times hey, did he have a five class punch card and he's a number four. I mean, what are we looking at here? <laughs> yeah. What do you, what do you, what's your take on like kind of the weird, like new age yoga stuff? You know, the thing with yoga is I was like, not even that long ago, I was such a purist in a way. Like I really just loved it. For me, it was actually, I didn't realize until I stopped doing it that it, to me, it was medicinal. You know, like, like it helped curb underlying anxieties that I was having, you know, in life. So I took it very, I was, I, I was almost trying to, I took it very personal if I, it was, if it was either really commercial yeah. or really. If I, if I deemed it to be bullshit. Uh, but now I realize that, honestly, people just want to enjoy themselves. And who am I to tell them and what printers they have to enjoy that in? Yeah. So my thing is, like, if you want to let your freak flag fly, do whatever you want. You know, as long as you're, ha- as long as you're happy and you're not hurting anybody. Yeah. You know, find your path. <laughs> yeah, man. That's awesome. Well, yeah. so the question I've been asking guests on the show um, – because I realized this like 60 episodes in is we've had all these inspiring people on and I've been inspired and I've left conversations like ready to take on the world. Um, and yet there's the whole gap between just getting inspiration and then actually turning that into something that's actionable. So, mm-hmm. you know, based off of just, I know we've hit a bunch of topics today, which was wonderful, but based off of some of the stuff we've talked about today, what would be like an actionable thing a listener could do uh, to like chase after their own goals or just like to find happiness. Mm. I say 
one thing is being extremely honest with yourself to what is the reasons you get look, take a look at your biggest excuse to why you haven't done what it is that you want to do. And your excuse might be, it's not ready. That's a planning excuse. You need to get rid of it. Um, it might have a, you know, to get that work on your time frame. It has to be done in the morning. Why aren't you getting up in the morning? Well, and these are honest questions between yourself because you drink, because you drink too much the night before yeah. and you don't want to get up and yeah. you need to curb that. And so whatever it is that whatever excuses that you're making between you and you, just be extremely honest with yourself. What is that excuse you're giving yourself and how can you just, how do you eliminate that as quickly as possible? Cut, cut it off quickly. Yeah, man. I love that. You're awesome, dude. Where can we uh, follow you on social media or, you know, where can people find your guys' podcasts? Yeah, so we got me and my friend Matt have a, a bit of a chaotic phone podcast where we just sit down and shoot the shit after a business day, and that's uh, inside the lab on iTunes. It has kind of a um, kind of Miami Vice looking theme to it. Dude, it looks cool. I'm kind of yeah. we'll, we'll talk after the podcast about. That. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, man, I need something cool like that. We did that to remind ourselves to never take it too serious, and nice. we we have at times and we've messed up, but we had to go. Who cares? And we did we did we kind of made it for us. Yeah. yeah. So that's where you find that. And then social media is just my name always. Just I have a unique enough last name. So it's Ryan E-S-D-O-H-R on all social platforms. Awesome, man. Well, awesome. Hey, man, next time I'm I'm back in Iowa, I'd love to stop by and see you. And, and at some point, I want to actually experience the full superhuman lab. You know what I mean? Like, You're a friend. You, you come in. Here's the thing. If you come in from out of town, just say, Ryan – Give me the superhuman life experience and we'll go through it all. Like, it's so funny. And this is where I have one of those jobs that like I never advertise towards my friends because it just, it just, I don't have interest into it. But if you're my friend, like I, now with that said, I do have some friends who are like, no, I have a serious knee issue and I have to pay you. And I, yeah. I sort we <laughs> it out in a comfortable way. But I also like, if you come in from out of town, I never see you. Yeah. Just man, and we'll do, we'll get down. Like I love to to work on you and, and show you around and, and mess around and get into some stuff. That would rock. Hell man. yeah, yeah. Last time you were doing acro yoga with my daughter, and it was the funniest thing in the world. So you have sweet girls who are. I mean, we got they need jujitsu. I'll tell you that, dude. Because, I'm telling you, I she loves wrestling, man. She would love jujitsu. So. It's awesome. <laughs> but all right, man. Well, we'll get back at you sometime in the future and check out Inside the Lab on iTunes. And if you're in Des Moines, go to Superhuman Lab. Ryan's the man. <laughs> thanks, man. See ya. Huge thanks to Ryan for coming on the show again. Um, I'm looking forward to chatting with him in the future because I just love talking to the guy. He's so wise. He just he has such great ideas. And he can talk for at length about so many different subjects. Like we barely even got into kind of his main focus, which is mobility, movement, uh, recovery. But it was still so fascinating to me. So thank you so much, Ryan. Be sure. I'm a huge fan. I've listened to every episode. So be sure to check out his podcast, Inside the Lab. It's fantastic. Every week's uh, different topics. Uh, him and Matt have a funny banter together. So, so definitely be sure to go on iTunes and check that out. All right. 
So, like I said in the intro, I'm in Des Moines, Iowa, and last night I was driving from Colorado back to Iowa, and I chatted with my good friend Brady Manriquez for a significant portion of the drive, which is awesome. Like, you need to have the friends that will call you and you can talk to for upwards of two hours. And Brady, 100% in my life, is that friend. We can talk forever. He has interesting questions. He's just, he's awesome. So to put it in perspective, we talked from Kearney, Nebraska to Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> so about two two hours, maybe two and a half hours there on I-80. Um, you know, plus Nebraska, come on. It's, it's flat and... You know, you're just going straight. Like, literally, the drive, I make, like, two turns the whole time from Denver. And then I'm back. Um, anyways, so I'm, I'm driving down the road. I'm coming back to Iowa just for a couple of days. And Brady and I are talking. And one thing he brings up, or we both bring this up, was uh, this idea of, what? how do we word it? This is the see. This is what I'm talking about. This is why I record podcasts so I don't have to remember what I said in conversations because I never do. Um, <laughs> we were talking about clearing off the mirror. Okay, so hear me out. <laughs> um, we were kind of talking about those moments where you they don't happen all the time, but you really get a clear look at yourself. And you get that clear view where you get to evaluate and see like, oh, I guess this is the person that I am now. Um, and it's called clear. And we, we called it, we dubbed it clearing off the mirror. And so you can kind of think of it like this. You go through your life day after day. You're running on momentum. And we all do this, you know, because you get into your routines, you know, things are just you wake up, you work out, you go to work, you come home, hang out with family, cook dinner, clean the house, go to bed. And you're doing that day after day after day. And, you know, you can even say, like, throwing some stuff in, like going on a trip or, you know, doing something outside the box. But you're not really having those moments of self-reflection. And so there are moments in life, though, these big moments where you get to really kind of consciously think about who you are and maybe the direction your life is going. And these moments teach us a lot about ourselves and they're scary because <laughs> it's scary to clear off the mirror and get that clear vision of yourself. <laughs> and you know, sometimes you clear off the mirror and you're like, oh, that's that's what I look like now. <laughs> and in those moments, it's important to to do that so you understand what you can correct, what you can improve. And then other moments you can clear off the mirror, get a good vision of yourself. And you can be like, man, I'm pretty damn handsome. But you don't know until you actually take time to self-reflect. And so that's my goal this week. And that's my goal, actually, 
in the upcoming weeks. And I'm speaking, I'm speaking in Calvin Johansson's house. I feel like I should set a join 100 club goal. Um, I find that I have been distracting myself uh, often, I'm, as I'm sure we all do, with uh, social media stuff where, you know, there are multiple times a day where I'll check it. And in my head, I've been telling myself, you know, you're just putting stuff on there for the podcast. So you can totally do that. Put stuff on for the podcast, reply to people who have, who have had comments or questions. And that's totally fine. But clear off the mirror, that's just not true. You know, that might be the intent when I open my phone up, but it ends up with 10 minutes of me sitting there scrolling, reading a bunch of random shit that I don't fully need to have that information in my head. You know what I mean? Like you don't need, it's probably not healthy to know every single detail about some random person you, you know, you went to college with or something, you know, like that's probably not healthy for your brain. So that being said, I took some time to self-reflect and I'm like, how am I, am I using the internet and social media as a tool or am I letting it use me because I'm a tool? <laughs> um, and unfortunately it was probably more of the latter, uh, and so now my intent, my 100-day challenge, is I'm only going to go on social media to post something for the podcast. And then do the whole scrolling thing, 10 minutes at night. 10 minutes at night. You could actually get all that BS done. That stuff, information you don't really need to know, but it's kind of fun. You can do that in like 10 minutes. You don't need to check out like 15 times a day. And that realization all came from just being honest with myself. And I think in a previous episode, we actually had Travis Stefan on. And he mentioned just looking at himself in the mirror every morning and having a conversation. So Travis Stefan clears off the mirror every day, essentially, where he's open and honest with himself. And I think that's something we all should do and something that's super doable. So... Yeah, join me in a month of clearing off the mirror. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it. Anyways, that's my 100-day challenge. So should be good. Um, hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Ryan's the man. And uh, yeah, if you liked any of the... If you like this podcast, go back and check out our catalog. We have a whole bunch of very interesting, diverse guests. And uh, I'm sure you guys will find something to enjoy. All right, guys, we'll get back at you next week. Peace.